Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 on the Breakfast Huddle. Time now for Why It Matters, and we'll be explaining the science behind the regulatory approval of novel food. Well, Singapore made history again as good meat has just been approved to sell serum-free cultivated meat in Singapore. Good meat is real meat made without tearing down a forest or taking a life meat without slaughter. We have come a long way since our historic world-first regulatory approval in December 2020 to sell cultivated meat to consumers in Singapore. And we remain the only country where the public is able to have a taste of what some people call science fiction food. But what sort of tests have this kind of food been put through to ensure it's safe for consumption? Future Ready Food Safety Hub, or FRESH, is an organization that provides counsel and food safety testing services for novel foods such as cultivated meat. They also act as a catalyst for market regulatory approval with their expertise in scientific platforms such as food toxicology and risk assessment science. To understand more about what FRESH does and the science behind testing such foods, we have on the line Dr. Benjamin Smith, Director, Future Ready Food Safety Hub, or FRESH, Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, thanks very much for having me this morning. Doing well and glad to be here and talk about this really interesting area that Singapore are leading in. It is very interesting. And uh, let's get started. Future Ready Food Safety Hub or Fresh is a joint partnership between the Singapore Food Agency, Agency for Science, Technology and Research and Nanyang Technological University. So first up, tell us a little bit more about Fresh. Sure. So one of the reasons why we are this tripartite organization is that we realize it's important to get everyone involved in moving these new products forward. We're all here to make sure that we have the right foods on the market for Singapore and we bring them onto the market safely. And so what we've done is we've brought together the researchers who know how to make these foods, understand what goes into them. We've brought together the regulatory agencies and experts on understanding how to determine the safety. And by working together, we can bring the best foods and the safest foods to market and help fill this gap that we have and add to food security by bringing on different food sources and complementary proteins to our plate. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about how Fresh acts as a catalyst for market regulatory approval in this specific front. Yes, so Fresh, the way, the way that we uh, try and act is on two fronts. One, working directly with organizations like the SFA, but also their international counterparts to look at how we can actually develop the right sort of data to support new novel foods coming to market. And that approach and data also goes into policy discussions and guidelines for assessing the safety. But equally, we work directly with companies as well that are bringing these products to market. And we talk to them and and work in in collaboration to understand the technology, understand what's trying to be done so that we're not waiting to the last minute to say, is this a good idea or not? We can actually work together to figure out how to bring the best foods, nutritious, safe, tasty foods to market and ensure the success for the whole ecosystem and importantly, the consumers. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Smith, you are a toxicologist by trade. Tell us what is food toxicology? I mean, what is risk assessment science? 
I'll try and break it down. Effectively, what I, I tell my class and, and also my kids at home is that a toxicologist is someone who studies the effect of, of chemicals on the body. And basically, food toxicology, if we think about food, it's a composition of, of chemicals. We break it down to a whole lot of what we call macromolecules, so things like proteins and fats, which in there to give you nutrition, give you energy, and also things like small molecules, so flavor substances, maybe food additives that have been added for a particular function. And in addition to these things we add, there may be also unintentional things that come in from different sources. So hormones or veterinary drugs that come through uh, animal sources, pesticides that may come from plant products. And so really as a food toxicologist, my interest is understanding all of these chemicals in food and what potential effect they may have on the body and trying to make sure that what is coming onto the plate is safe at the levels we're eating. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know a little bit more about the science behind it. How is it used to assess if a novel food is future ready? Really, as food safety scientists, what we do when we're looking at any food, novel or otherwise, is we like to break it down and understand what's in there. And I'm sure many of the, the, your listeners also want to know what's in their food, right? And, um, and so what we do is we break it down into its composition and we look at these components to try and understand whether they may have a beneficial or a negative effect and at what levels. And, and we can use that then to assess the safety. So when it comes to a novel food, something like a cultivated meat, what we have to realize is, is that we're putting in certain ingredients to make these cells grow into the tissue, to make them um, become the piece of meat. And so what we're really doing a, a lot is looking at what those materials are, what the ingredients are used in the process are, and understanding uh, or generating data to determine at what levels can we eat these safely. Yeah, it's very important to know uh, what we're consuming at the end of the day. And also, we need to understand more about cultivated meat grown on a Petri dish. But what really goes into growing meat? Yes, sure. And I, I hate to burst the bubble a little bit because nowadays the companies that are doing this, and, and you mentioned it before about science fiction, they're growing to, to get to the levels that they need. They're growing these meats in what we call a bioreactor, which is basically a tank in which we put the cells to grow. So we take different types of, of muscle cells or early cells that we turn into muscle cells and we grow them in a tank that is full of culture media. And essentially that culture media is a mix of uh, nutrient chemicals, so things like amino acids and fats and, and other things that feed the cells as well as um, small molecules like growth factors and differentiation factors, so things that help the cells know what they need to grow into. And the cells sit in this bioreactor, pulling in all of these nutrients, growing up into the tissue, and that's what we uh, then take out. So the correlate, I suppose, is if you think of an animal and physiologically our, our bodies, we've got the blood system, circulatory system, which is taking the nutrients around to our tissues to help us grow. In the case of cellular meat, what we need to do is we need to supply that externally to these cells that are growing outside of the body and let them uh, get the same sorts of nutrients that we would be um, giving them if we were eating the food and, and generating them endogenously in the body. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Smith, you know, a lot of people are still very familiar with traditional meat compared to yep. cultivated meat. Feel more comfortable, maybe the taste, I don't know. Which one is safer for consumer consumption? That's according to you. 
the the way that I talk about this with with a lot of uh, my friends and, and colleagues is it's not really a matter about saying which one's safer. What we know about slaughtered meat is a lot more than what we know at the moment about some of these new processes and things where, uh, with uh, novel foods. And so it's really a matter of increasing our level of knowledge so that we can manage the risks that are associated with the different type, types of foods. So with slaughtered meat, we've been eating it for years. It's traditional food. We know that there are certain um, risks that can be involved with eating meat, so presence of contaminants such as uh, um, pesticide and vet drug residues, hormones, those sorts of things. Um, we know that there um, can be bacterial contamination coming from the way that we slaughter meat. But because we know these things, we can actually control them and manage them and set safe levels. And that's really what we're trying to do and the regulatory agents are trying to do with the novel cultured meats is that they're trying to understand the process and look along that process where there may be potential hazards and understand whether they are actually a risk. And if they are, can we get rid of it? Can we limit it? Can we control it to make sure that it's uh, appropriate um, to bring to the plate for, for a consumer. And so it's about managing that uncertainty and learning more. And that's what's really great about the process that we have here in Singapore, where the companies are working directly with the regulators, with SFA. They're sharing information. They're talking about how they're developing these new foods so that the scientists on the safety side can work with the scientists on the development side and really get to the nitty gritty. So I'd actually say that with many of these new novel foods that are coming through, we're looking at them with a very fine-tooth comb and we're understanding a lot more about these processes than maybe we knew in the past about some of the traditional foods that have made, to, made it to market. Yeah, it's very important to, you know, really understand this product. Good Meat Cultivated Chicken was first approved in 2020. Now there is an approval for serum-free cultivated chicken. Good Meat's journey since 2019. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yes, certainly. And, and I have to take my hat off to, to Justin and Good Meats. They've, they've really been leaders in the field and have pushed science forward and are doing a great thing. And now we're seeing a lot of other um, excellent companies coming up um, uh, in this space. But one of the biggest factors with uh, uh, cultivated meat or uh, um, cell cultivated meat is the uh, challenge of scaling up. And the costs associated with many of these ingredients, costs that are both financial, but also in the case of things like serum, so bovine fetal serum, the cost of the source of these ingredients, because you're having to get them, of course, from um, animals. And so to overcome uh, these costs and help with the scale-up, make these uh, these meats and foods a reality, we need to find solutions that are going to help bring to product a market that is price point-wise um, good for the consumers, but also still allows us to maintain the quality of the product and grow the product um, into a nutritious and safe piece of, of uh, meat or protein. And, and that's really where this development of the serum-free is a big part. And, and Good Foods have done it. A few other companies are also doing it through different ways and different replacement ingredients. And because of this, it really is a big step, one of the key steps on getting these companies into a position to actually scale up and make a lot more of this product because it's going to reduce that price point and make it easier to make these meats.
Yeah, it certainly is. I think, you know, the general public and uh, people listening to us this morning want to know, what does it mean for cultivated meat to be serum-free? Also, how do you think this move will shake up the market? Yeah, I, I think I'd have to say it is one of the big factors that is going to shake up the market. A lot of companies have been looking um, at it, both the cultivated meat companies, but also the companies that work in the area of cell culture. And one of the challenges is the source of fetal bovine serum and generating more and more of it and, and, and getting more of it. And if we want to scale a product, we need lots of the ingredients to make it. And this is an ingredient that relies on sourcing it from young calves and you then need to be growing up all of the animals and, and one, that's one of the issues, right, from a sustainability perspective, high-intensity animal farming and can we reduce the reliance on animals. So getting away from that and getting to a source of ingredients that is more sustainable, more readily achievable to, to, to purchase at a, at a decent price point is going to be a, one of the huge steps that we have to get across to make sure that we can scale up. And scale up really is the key factor that the industry are looking at the moment because if they can't scale up, it's great. We can have little bits of meat at a restaurant here and there, but until the industry can scale up and put these products in the supermarket, put them in the delis, put them across Singapore, across the globe, then we're not really going to be making the impact that we need as a food source, as a manufacturing industry. And so scale-up is the key thing that these companies are working on at the moment. And moving away from the fetal bovine serum is one big step in moving towards scale-up. Yes, everyone needs to work together and get on board to spread the message. Uh, Before I let you go, I did mention in my introduction, Singapore has been the first and only market to offer cultivated meat to consumers. But recently, the FDA in the U.S has given the green light to a cultivated meat product. Now, what do you think this means for Singapore's current regulatory landscape? And tell us a little bit more about the future of novel food. Where do you think it will lead us to next? Yeah, I I think it's a great thing to see how um, these novel foods are starting to spread across the globe and, and, and different regulators are starting to assess and come up with their own approvals. Um, Singapore has played a pivotal role here and again hats off to the SFA who really spearheaded the um, approval of just chicken and or good good meats chicken and one of the great things or one of the things that we have to realize about our global about our food supply is it is a global food supply and so we need to be working with the other countries and the other countries regulators to understand how we're going to assess and um, ensure the safety of these different novel foods that are that are being rolled out across the globe. And so a lot of the regulatory organisations, so the FDA and and, and Singapore Food Agency, uh, European Food Safety Authority and Food Standards Australia New Zealand, all of these organisations, obviously they have to, from their own country perspective, do their assessment, but they are talking together. They're sharing information, they're learning. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen that's been really refreshing in this move to bring novel foods to market. And again, is a big part of how Singapore functions and has led in this area is this collaboration, sharing information, talking about these new foods, 
their benefits, their potential negatives and understanding them and learning about it so that we can actually ensure that we're bringing the right foods to the market safely. And so I can only see this increase in interest, an increase in regulatory rollout as a positive thing. And it's definitely clear that Singapore and SFA are leading in this area and being one of the key countries to help set the guidelines. And that's important too from a national perspective. If we can get in there and be leaders, show uh, and put our point across on what is needed here, that obviously um, helps our ecosystem and our regulatory frameworks become the sort of gold standard, become one of the um, leading standards for bringing these products to market. Yeah, we've been speaking with Dr. Benjamin Smith, Director of Future Ready Food Safety Hub, which is an organization that provides counsel and food safety testing services for novel foods such as cultivated meat. They also act as a catalyst for market regulatory approval with their expertise in scientific platforms such as food toxicology and risk assessment science. Thank you so much for joining me on the show this morning and have a great rest of the day. Pleasure. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.